0: Hello, and welcome to the Sounds of Success podcast. My name is Phil Butler. I'm Christina Bui. And we're going to be your co-hosts in this audio journey into learning all about everything that UT Austin has to offer students. We've got a really great interview lined up for you. You wanna talk about that, Christina?
1: Yeah, so our first episode, we're bringing in some really, really awesome friends of ours from the OSS, JR and Juliana. And we're super excited to share with you what they have to say about your first semester of college. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, we hope that this is something that will really help our listeners in adjusting not only to college, but also the virtual aspects of education.
0: Without further ado, let's transition over to our interview with our friends, shall we? Yes, let's go. Okay, today we've got some really amazing guests lined up for the Sounds of Success inaugural episode. We're really excited to have them here with us. Uh, The first guest is Juliana Lindsay. She's been recognized by the Academic Counselors Association for her dedication to students. She's also the program manager for the Foundation Scholars Program. Uh, She got her bachelor's degree in child development and community health from Tufts University and her master's degree in social work from right here at the University of Texas at Austin. Welcome, Juliana.
1: Thank you. Welcome. And our second guest is Jasmine Rose Schmidt, also known as JR. JR is the program manager for the PACE program, and under her leadership, PACE was awarded the 2017 Outstanding Institutional Advising Program Award by the National Academic Advising Association. What a mouthful! JR earned her bachelor's degree in sociology at Cal State Chico, and then her master's degree in education from UT, and she is an amazing person to have in the OSS. She was also awarded the James Vic Texix Excellence Award for Academic Advising and the Presidential Outstanding Staff Member Award, so lots of great qualifications from our two guests today, and we're really excited to talk with y'all about the things that they have to offer on valuable resources for first-year students this year.
0: Hello. Hello, JR. Welcome. So we're all stepping into a semester unlike any other. Uh, What all have uh, you, Juliana, and JR been doing this summer to get ready for our students this fall?
2: Mm. I think personally I have been... Working on managing expectations a lot. (laughs) Um, Obviously, it's a different semester for everyone, for students, but also for people who work with students and love this job. Um, I've been trying to remind students that, you know, we are grieving too, and it's a loss for us as well. And so really all of us are going to have to work on managing our expectations of what this year or semester is going to be like and figuring out how to make the best of of what we've got.
3: Absolutely. Um, I think I've also, unlike maybe some other semesters where you feel like you've gone through this before, we haven't. Um, so allowing myself to trust the process, to um, learn as we go, and modeling that for our students and showing that everything will be all right in the end. We'll get through it. So yeah. Um, Allowing myself to feel all the feels with something, learning a new technology or the new way we might be doing something. And then, uh, you know, being able to lean on that when I'm working with students, uh, whether it's during the summer and the fall coming up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Something that I heard a lot over the summer from advisors is how much they enjoy meeting their new students at the beginning of every school year, and that just looks quite a bit different this year. Definitely managing expectations is a great way to spend your summer. Do y'all have any advice for students that are taking their classes online this year, especially for first-year students who might not have had that experience before?
3: Absolutely. I would say... Definitely utilize the resources that are still available through UT. Um, We know that a lot of the formatting has changed from in-person to virtual, but don't hesitate to utilize those resources. They're still available and it's their job to still make it effective. So give them feedback as well, whether it's the Sanger Learning Center um, or Career Services. Um, We're all here to help. So while classes are online, we still have our duty as staff members and faculty to make sure that you all are getting quality education So still take advantage of those resources, even though the presentation is different. The other advice I have for students taking classes online is um, understanding what kind of learning environment works best for you. So whether that's uh, sitting in a corner and being able to have that corner be your learning corner or whether it's you need to diversify where you're reading versus where you're looking at um, lecture, you wanna think about what, that, what works best for you. And one thing I've also been talking to my students about has been creating a routine, whether it's creating a morning routine that works well for you an afternoon and then an evening routine or ritual that works well for you. Um, Whereas on campus, you get physical cues of, okay, time to change classes, and okay, it's getting nighttime, or whatever it may be. Um, you don't have those physical cues anymore, so you're going to have to take ownership of that and find out what works well. And All of this is new, so we're not expecting folks to figure it out in their first week (laughs) of classes. Give yourself grace and trust the process. It'll probably take a whole semester to figure out what works well for you. um, And know that we're here. These programs are here as a resource to help you through that.
2: Yeah, I agree a lot. Absolutely. With what Juliana said, I think, you know, one of the biggest pieces of advice I have for students taking online classes is get organized, reorganize to stay organized right so start from the beginning like you know you know what you have ahead of you you have all of your syllabi in advance make sure that before classes start to the best of your ability you've logged in you can see what the expectations are um and from minute one like get yourself organized get a calendar if you're somebody who wants to use a physical calendar great if you want to use google calendar at ut um Gmail is the host for your at Texas address, which I'm sure you all have. And so, you know, figuring out which calendar system keeps you organized and start from week one, like planning out, okay, what are my assignments? What am I looking for? Um, you know, and, and how do I want to schedule that? Like Juliana was saying, like make a routine. And then every maybe Sunday or Friday or Saturday, whatever day works for you kind of reflecting on what worked well for you this week, what didn't work well, and then making adjustments like like Juliana said, um, we're gonna everyone here we're all learning as we go. so nobody has done all online classes during a pandemic yet um, minus when we were all kind of forced into it. but <laughs> this time we've had a little bit more time to prepare so hopefully it will be less dramatic. But yes, I would say I think the best the best piece of advice is get a routine and don't be afraid to change that routine.
0: Yeah, I really like that uh, piece about a routine. You know, I'm trying to remember back to what it was like back in March when you know all of this started, and you know, it wasn't until I established a, a daily routine that I started to feel more normal and a little bit more sane. And um, I think that's that's pretty key to to being able to get organized. Um, and as somebody who struggles with organization myself, I can appreciate that advice to do it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> I remember when. I, I was still a student in the spring semester when everything started getting shut down and I tried my absolute hardest to set up a new routine in the middle of a semester at a beginning of a pandemic during my senior year and it was really hard and so I think that it is super duper important to have a routine yes but also be okay with yourself if that routine breaks if it needs to change if you need to take the time to grieve there's a lot that's going on and if you're not on your a game all the time if you're not following exactly what's on your google calendar to the minute that's okay um a routine should be like a sort of guideline to how to go about your day it shouldn't be an exact minute by minute planning agenda type of thing so have a list of things that you need to do in a day have an order of things that you need to do but forgive yourself if it doesn't happen it's going to be okay
3: yes yes and yes
0: this next question kind of gets us there, right? Like asking for help. I'm not one who likes to ask for help. Like I want to figure it out. I want to do it myself. I feel a little better about it when I do figure it out or do it by myself, but sometimes I do need to ask for help. And, you know, I know that both of you in your programs, that's your job is to help students and you see it all the time um, where students come in and they, they ask for help, but sometimes they ask for, for help when it's too late, right? Like it's too late for you to help them. A deadline has passed or, um, you know, they didn't read a critical email or something happened to where they need help and it's, it's too late. What advice do you have for those students for how they can get help before it's too late?
2: I think maybe the first thing to do is to um, dissolve yourself of the illusion that everyone else has it figured out because I promise you they don't. You know, one of the things that you hear a lot is like your education, specifically your college education, is like something that you do for yourself And that is true, right? It's yours. Um, But it's not something that you do by yourself. That is absolutely not true, never has been, and never will be. So really, really making sure that you understand that whatever you're going through, I guarantee you other people are going through it. And that is why we have so many resources created to assist you. Um, and you pay for them in your student dues. So <laughs> you've already paid for them. Make sure that you're using them. But I think one of the biggest things that you can really do for yourself if you're you know, concerned about asking for help is, is like I said, like help, like understand that you cannot do this alone. You were not meant to do this alone. You're not supposed to know how to study automatically. I promise you, right? And that has nothing to do with how much you deserve to be here or don't deserve to be here. You, you're here, you made it, you're at UT, but that doesn't mean that you know how to college correctly. No matter what you've done, none of you have ever colleged before and you're going to have to learn that. And whether that means that you're gonna to have to learn new study habits, new time management habits, new communication habits, you will be learning new habits. Yes, you will, I promise you, you are not supposed to know how to do this. And because you're not supposed to know how to do this, you must get help right? So whatever it is, you're going to need help, it'll be different areas than maybe some of your friends. So even if some of your friends seem like they're doing really well with studying, I promise something else is going on, right? There's always something going on. And so it's not a matter of if you need help, it's going to be when you need help, and what you need help with. And that is where, you know, all of the resources like your, your faculty and, you know, your advisors and staff and all of the resource programs that we have on campus come into play. So again, start with, I'm going to need help and just figuring out when that is.
3: Yes. Try to establish a relationship before you need that relationship. So I'll encourage them, whether it's Sanger and it's tutoring or whether it's office hours, um, try to establish a relationship with your instructor, with your mentors, Well, they should be doing that um, ideally, um, with a staff member before you actually need something. So by the time you get to the point where you need something, because you will, um, it's comfortable. You already have done the basic introductions, You have something to build off of as opposed to starting from scratch. And we've incorporated several things in the classes that we teach, like LA 101, um, to help you get used to that, to help you get used to communicating um, with whoever will be the best resource for whatever need that you have.
2: Yes, don't make it hard on yourself, right? (laughs) It's like, even if you can get through it by yourself, even if you've somehow managed, I promise it would have been a lot easier had you just asked for help, right? The amount of time you spend staring at a screen attempting to start a first paragraph of your paper, you could have just gone to the, you know, writing center and had them help you draft an outline, right? So things don't have to be as hard. And with that extra time that you would have spent staring at your screen, you can then, you know, do things that are more relaxing and that you enjoy. So using the resources actually gives you more of your own time back to be able to do what it is that you, you're wanting to do, right? Absolutely. Something that I've been talking a
1: lot with my students about is that, um, the tuition money that you pay isn't just so you can listen to your professor and so you can do homework and take exams. That money also pays for all of these on-campus resources like the writing center, tutoring center, uh, the library. There are so many different places on campus to go for help. A lot of the times, however, I feel like students are often each other's best resources. Making those connections with your peers really important Do Either of you all have a time that really sticks out when you
2: witness the strength of students working together and building that relationship with each other? One of my favorite things is the um, endless line of students that will come and sit down um, in my office for an advising appointment, and each one of them is like, it feels like everybody else knows what they're doing except for me. Everyone else has figured everything else out except for me, and then that happens probably 15 times in a row, right? <laughs> and I'm like, why aren't you all talking to each other to help each other understand that? I promise you, no one has it all figured out. I promise you. And so um, I've definitely seen really fun, good examples of you know connecting those students to each other and being like, hey, each one of you is saying that You feel like you don't kind of have the community that you want here at UT. And it might take you a minute to find your community here at UT, right? So you can be prepared for that. But sometimes, and one of the things I think I really liked that I saw was students finding community in each other that felt like they hadn't previously had other people who were experiencing the same, you know, or, you know, similar issues as they were. And so um, having mentors or even just students amongst themselves, like finding each other on campus and creating that community has been really awesome.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. You know, we know what we know, students know what they know, and it's not always the same. So to get the best of both worlds, it's really important to establish good relationships with staff and faculty, but also, you know, upper class students who've kind of been in your shoes and, um can can lead lead the way or or at least guide the way in some some way shape or form
2: but yes another thing that's really good in making those connections especially you know with other students who might have similar interests or professional interests is I've seen students once they graduate help other students get jobs right and help guide them through the process or even like the interviewing process and helping them understand so making those connections about um, you know different fields that you're interested in or particular Professions that you're interested in starting just in your major. I know, uh, Christina, you did a lot of work with organizing IRG students around different areas of interest. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. I, I, when I was an undergrad, I felt like the best relationships I formed on campus were with other students. I really enjoyed when I was a freshman and sophomore, talking to upperclassmen students was what helped me figure out a career path. It helped me find resources and internships, organizations, things to do to really work on my skills. And then when I was an upperclassman, I found that having that relationship with younger students in my student orgs, was extremely fulfilling and it always felt really nice to see them go beyond what i told them to do and really take that advice and just run with it and i think something else to emphasize as well is um, making friends that are your age is also very beneficial you don't need to go out and seek upperclassmen to help you figure out how to do your freshman year or your first year um you can just find another first-year student in your student org or in your class. And that camaraderie and that um, struggle that you'll have together with your freshman year is extremely, extremely organic as well. And those friendships are also very important.
0: Okay. So you both manage really successful programs for first-year students. Um, What is it about the work that you do that um allows your students to be successful what's successful about your programs
1: i know jr can go for days on pace
2: (laughs) i do love pace um i i do think that pace students are the best students in the existence of all students that have ever been students so fully unbiased on that one Uh, i think what makes our program successful is finding community, right? And finding that common ground and PACE students specifically, but also students, again, who are at at UT Austin, liberal arts students, you're all going through a very unique, interesting experience together. And so we spend a lot of time in the PACE program, working with students and talking to students about finding those commonalities, right? And um, learning to be resourceful. That's my my favorite thing. I always say the the number one skill you will ever have in life is learning to be resourceful, right? Figure out how to figure it out. And especially in College of Liberal Arts, because there is so much flexibility in the degree plans and what everyone wants to do, right? No two liberal arts degrees are ever going to look the same. Um, Learning how to be resourceful and learning how to apply your knowledge and your experience um, is really important. And so really building that community and getting excited about the possibilities and the opportunities. I think that's what really helps set our program apart is spending a lot of time helping students learn how to be resourceful, right? So what it is, what is it that you want out of this experience and how do you get that? And so we focus a lot in the student success programs on helping you understand how to college and then very specifically how many different things that can mean for different people. It's not supposed to look the same, but how do you figure out what you want it to look like for you and how do you make the most of every opportunity that you have here while you're at UT while you're in the College of Liberal arts.
0: And uh, no one experience at, at UT is is the same and they're all they're all valuable right? like uh, everybody finds a different path and if everything was the same it would be boring. That's one of the things I love about <laughs> our school.
2: I do too I always say with the liberal arts students and choose your orange adventure oh. like what what do you want it to be? It's, and and I, and I think that's, yeah, and what I think makes it successful is, like, really helping students understand how many ways you can put that together, but also how many people and resources are here and available to help you along the way. Because, again, you are not supposed to do it by yourself. You are not, and you can't, and even if you do, it will not be as rich and fulfilling as if you get assistance along the way, right? So, and I think that's a lot of in the pace here. um And in the Office of Student Success, what we focus on, how do you, how do you put that together? How do you make the most of it? Because if you can dream it, you can do it here at UT. And that is a fact. Yeah,
0: it's like the most, the most beautiful, biggest buffet you've ever seen, right? (laughs) And it's all you can eat. And there's every food that you've ever wanted to try or eat there. But if you eat too much, you're going to have a bad time, <laughs> right? Like all good things in moderation. Like, And if you eat too little, you leave the buffet being like, man, I didn't really get my money's worth, right? And so I think we're trying to find that like happy Goldilocks space where you have enriched yourself as much as you possibly could without over uh, exerting yourself to the point to where you're just not having a good time. What about uh, you, Juliana? What are uh, some of the things you feel like uh, you do in the Foundation Scholars Program that help students be successful?
3: Absolutely. Um, so one thing that I know we'll talk about is our own experience, um, our own experience of first-year programs, remembering, or at least our first-year experience at our whatever undergrad we went to and understanding the struggles that happened. Um, so being able to relate to our students, we've been there with a caveat of times have changed. That was a while ago. So that's also why we have mentors. But I think one thing that makes it successful is just being very transparent and validating In that it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. It's not supposed to be easy, but it will be an adventure and it'll be fun. So I think there's something to be said about that. Um, Another thing that's made FSP successful, I think it's setting the tone. Like it's setting the atmosphere that we're welcoming, that we're warm, that we appreciate um, everyone's background and everyone's ability to learn and grow as a human person, as a citizen um, on this earth. So um, we put that out there and people love that and, and it energizes our first year students that come in and they can grow from that as well. Um, Sometimes students feel that UT is very competitive. Uh, I think in the College of Liberal Arts, we're more of a community feel and we have shared goals, right? So we're doing it together. And um, in our program, I I say we a lot as opposed to I or you when it comes to goals or when it comes to intentions of what they want to get out of the program or out of the semester. It's to let you know that we are here to support you. You are not doing it alone. Um, So I think that helps a lot. And then one big thing that I think that we do a little differently is just the amount of time that we spend with each other. So <laughs> we do see our students, yeah, um, for our LA 101 class. We see them every week. Our mentors see our students for group meetings and one-on-one meetings. We have events. We have socials. So there's a lot of time to learn and grow and um, get to know each other and uh, I think it's those small moments, some, some of them are planned, but a lot of them it's unplanned moments where you just have a really funny thing happen, and then you learn a lot. Um, and I think those little moments, too, that maybe we don't record um, make a huge impact on our students.
0: So not everybody uh, is in the Foundation Scholars Program, obviously. Not everybody is in the PACE program. They can't be, um, unfortunately. So what advice do you have for students who maybe aren't in one of these programs for how they can still get the best out of what the university has to offer for them?
2: Yeah, I think again, like we've been talking about is making sure that you're using the resources. Um, Your first and best resource for your class is your faculty member right who is teaching that class like make sure that you're reading through the syllabus that you're seeing what they suggest that you're going to office hours office hours is one of the most powerful resources you have in your entire uh, collegiate experience right so making that connection with faculty also your academic advisor that's huge if you don't know the answer to something your academic advisor does and if they don't, they can point you in the right direction. So your academic advisor is a huge, huge resource for students. Um, that is exactly what they're there for. And there are, you know, like we've discussed, there are an intimidating amount of opportunities and resources here at the institution. You don't have to wade through all of them. Um, you have your academic advisors there to help you kind of understand what it is that you want that you're interested in and pare it down for you and give you something a little bit more manageable to to deal with um but but the resources are there for all students right it's there for you and i think that even if you aren't in a specific you know office of student success program you absolutely can have the same experience of support and resources here at ut particularly in the college of liberal arts
3: i completely agree with jr explore your options early on, uh, lean into some student orgs, because you'll be surprised uh, what students are able to get into. And you know those students also have faculty contacts as well. So maybe it's not the class that you're taking right now, but it's a class your friend is taking that they recommend and they can get you connected with a faculty member. I completely agree, that's the way to go.
0: So this question is, uh, we're working from home, most of the staff on campus, a lot of our classes are online, these, these are unprecedented times. We can't wait to get to precedent times. Uh, but until that happens, I'm kind of tired of this conversation where like, oh, uh, this is what we're missing. This is what we won't have. What are some things that this new reality has kind of been good for you? Uh, you know, how are, how are things uh, changing in a way that are allowing you to do things that maybe you couldn't do before, you didn't do before, and are hopefully going to be beneficial?
3: Yes. So I brought this up earlier today with our uh, leads. I've been trying to use the phrase, my COVID come up. Um, And
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's a good one.
3: And the theory is behind it like creativity, right? So this is allowing space for us to be super creative and thinking about how we can meet the goals that we have. Get the outcomes that we're looking for in a brand new way, and being flexible with that. So there's going to be a lot of trial and error. There's going to be more assessments at the end of whether it's events or an advising meeting or whatnot. Um, but it's it's a beautiful thing, and I think the you know keeping in mind the glass is still have full. We still have classes in an institution. You still have a community that you can go to. Um, it's just different and learning what's nice about that, learning um, what you appreciate about that. And I've been trying to model that with our mentors. So we'll we'll see. Um, and then I think like being open and embracing, I'm, I say that I'm older, but being open and embracing some parts of technology and finding the fun parts for me, sharing that with students and um, being open for them to give me feedback as well. So I think um, overall, It's allowed me to learn and grow again. And maybe this is a place where I can really relate to the students because like we've all said, we don't live in a bubble where we're not feeling what's happening, whether it's with the pandemic or the climate nationally or being in an election year. We're all feeling it. So we can all be human and showing that to our students. Um, This in a different way. uh, I think they appreciate that Um, even though we're not there in person. Like I might just add an extra blurb or some sort of positive affirmation in an email or something like that, that helps out that maybe I wouldn't have done uh, in an email. Maybe it's something that they can get in class in person.
2: Yeah. I love all of that. Um, I think one of the things that I try to remember about everything being different and unprecedented is what a beautiful opportunity it is for a closer look at how we do things, why we do things, and what we're doing, right? Like what a beautiful opportunity because there's not as much, I think, noise, right? And so that should give you so much more space to stop, breathe, slow down, and say, okay, I'm going to, you know, look at these particular majors or classes or things because I find them interesting, not because that X is going to lead me to Y to Z. And if I take these exact classes, I will get this exact job. Right. That's not that's never how the equation has worked. But I think now we have more space and time and flexibility. Like Giuliano, Giuliano was saying, we just have so much more flexibility to curate our life and time and decisions and community, Um and in, 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 I think in, in a very meaningful way, so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cause it's it's weird, you know. Like nobody knows what the world is going to look like in three or four months. We shouldn't be expecting eighteen-year-old, nineteen-year-old first-year students to know what they're going to do when they're thirty-five and like figure it out right now. Right. So and like, we—that's never the point.
2: Yeah. <laughs> never yeah.
1: true. Absolutely not. I've changed my mind so many times. But like, take the classes that are interesting to you. Take them when you want to. There is so much flexibility nowadays. Um, that was what I wanted to talk about. Like, and I think that focusing on the the things that we do have is really, really beneficial to getting through this as a community. There are so many cool things to look forward to. There are so many new technology and um, adaptations and accommodations that are coming out that they're, we're definitely going to be doing things differently from now on. And I think being able to look forward to that is a really great way to look at a global pandemic yes quality over quantity I think
2: it's forced us into into quality over quantity in a way that we hadn't been before
0: well uh thank you all so much for being the first guests ever on our podcast for our first episode of sounds of success is there anything else you want to share or things you want to talk about or leave us some final wise thoughts you want to leave us with
3: Seasons change, right? So I think just bringing us back to that too, like remembering that we're in this space now, we're in this uncharted, unprecedented um, territory of a way of being, but knowing that at some point it will change and seasons change and reminding ourselves the opportunity of being in this season together. And just like JR said, like we this job and I don't even know, it's like a purpose, right? So this purpose, this passion that we all have right now that we're able to share with students, um, I'm so appreciative that I can be in this role during this season. Um, Yeah. And who knows what it will look like later on, but I want to take complete advantage of it. And um, I hope our students feel that support as well, but also feel that... um, you know, during this hard time that UT was there for them and that they belong here. And that, yeah, that's the goal.
1: (laughs) Well, we really appreciate having y'all on our podcast. It was a really great experience to hear all of the things that your programs are doing, to hear about the work that you're doing and your students. It's been a really great experience.
2: Thank you all so much. It was wonderful. I felt so relaxed. Yeah, this
3: was really fun. Thank you all for putting Twitch together. Um, I'm excited to see what more to come.
0: Wow, what a great conversation! Uh, I really enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, Noah, they had so many great things to say. Like I, when Jr. said. Your college education is for yourself, but you don't need to do it by yourself. I think I, if I were to go back in time and look at my 18-year-old, 19-year-old self in the eyes, I would just scream that into her face because it is so important to realize that no matter how important it is for your college education to better yourself and the people around you, you should still work with the people around you and um, find your resources, find the people that will be there for you for the next four years or however long it takes you to graduate.
0: Yeah. I liked her. She was talking about being intentional and and having intention. And, you know, I know from my own experience in, even in college, like, I didn't really have an intention as to why I went to college other than it was like, you were supposed to do it. Right. Like, it's just like what you do, like you've been told all through high school, like the whole goal is college. So you go, um, but I really like that that piece where she was talking about having having intention or being intentional about the choices you that you make. Mm-hmm. sure, there's classes that you have to take for your degree plan, but you can be intentional about the other classes you take, right? like so whether it's exploring or um, electives uh, or whether it's trying to double major or trying to pick up a new skill, uh, not just taking things just because you have to take them, like doing doing the things that you're doing in college for a reason. And if you don't know what that reason is, like spending the time that we now have, right. Cause you're not driving to and from campus. You're not yeah. going to have to walk across campus from class to class. Um, we do have more time to, to be with ourselves and be with our thoughts. And so, you know, if you're doing something and you don't know what the reason is spending some time to kind of figure that out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I definitely had, um, a lot of time to do that myself too, even at the very beginning when everything was happening. Um, Just in that time period where everything was on pause and we were working things out with our professor, I had quite a bit of time to really sit down with myself and think, what is it that I want when I graduate? Like graduation's right around the corner. What else is there left for me to do? How can I better myself during this time? And I think that is one of the biggest perks of this unprecedented time is that flexibility and extra time and extra creativity that you have because you're pouring all of that back into yourself. You don't need to get up super early and get ready and drive to campus and then walk to class and spend all day walking around in the sun. I used to call it University of Texas that back sweat. You no longer have to experience <laughs> that. <laughs> so you can just, University of Texas at your bed and Think about what it is that you want and really, really focus on yourself and be intentional with your studies and your activities.
0: So with the positive side does also come this like, I don't want to say negative, but like the other side of where, you know, things that were easier before are a little bit tougher now. And I think one of the big ones is developing these relationships with faculty members and staff Mm -hmm. members. Um, And again, going back to this idea of intentionality, you kind of have to have an intention to, to do that. Um, you know, and I, I don't remember who it was, whether it was, uh, Jr. or Juliana, or maybe it was even you, like, don't, don't let the first time you interact with a faculty member being, be a time that you're asking for help, right? It's so much easier to ask for help if you've established that relationship. And I think that's such cornerstone advice for, mm-hmm. for UT students. Um, you know, I, I know I have my own experience with that. Like, do you ever have to ask help from a professor and, how that went down or did did you ever have to to phone a friend?
1: (laughs) I, um, I don't know. I remember when I was an underclassman, the first day of every semester after class, there was always just a line of students waiting to like shake hands with the professor and talk to the professor after class. And I realized that that may not be the best way to introduce yourself to your professor. If you're just a student in a line of 20 other students trying to meet the professor on the first day of school, right after class ends, they might not be, able to remember you as well as if you were to go to their office hours. Every professor that I ever had as a freshman, sophomore, especially those first two years, they really, really emphasize going to office hours. Um, that is where you have one-on-one time with your professors, where you can have a real conversation with them and introduce yourself and mm-hmm. get to know them. And right. um, well, actually, when I was a sophomore, I was a mentor for Foundation Scholars Program. And um, one of the lead mentors told me that um, she went to office hours for for a professor and she was the only person all year to have gone to his office hours. And it was like October at this point. And he was so excited. He ordered a pizza and the two of them just sat there and ate their pizza and like played board games.
0: That's an adorable story. Right, because
1: like (laughs) your professors, they are there for you. Like they're not just there to lecture and then read your essays and go home. They want to build that relationship with their students. They They want to find that passion within their students, you know, like professors are teaching, they go through years of academia in their specific field because they're passionate about it. Uh, They would love to talk to you about it too. So like introducing yourself to to your professor is really, really important, not only because they can be a resource later on, but also because they're just really cool people. They're really excited to talk about whatever it is that they teach. And so I always introduced myself within the first week or two of class. And honestly, sometimes after that, I would come in and make up questions just so I could
0: talk to them. (laughs) Yeah. It's actually not a bad strategy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, um, I took the introduction to international relations class my freshman year and, um, I wanted to do the honors program for my major, my senior year. And, um, my grades weren't super hot freshman year. And so I was really worried. And so every single week I would make up a question and go to office hours and ask that question. Even though I knew the answer, I was just looking for an excuse <laughs> to go build that relationship. And then after that, every single semester until the time uh, came for me to apply, I would drop in every semester and I'd say, hey, doctor, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is what I've been up to lately. What, if, what about you? How are your classes going? Just so he would remember who I was. And right. it worked. Yeah.
0: keeping that relationship there yeah it's it's smart that's really smart yeah well uh i think we're just about out of time for today so uh how'd you how you feeling about our first episode
1: i feel great i think that between phil and i we have quite a lot of jokes quite a lot of different experiences and we love to share what we have to say we love to look for other people with different views and different experiences to share we're we are really just your biggest cheerleaders. And we hope that this podcast reaches you in a way that maybe an email might not. And so um, if there are ever any suggestions for topics or guests or anything at all, we would love to accommodate that.
0: Yeah, I agree. We're, we're figuring this out. This has been a lot of fun. And I look forward to doing this again real soon. If If you made it this far in the podcast, thank you all for sticking with us to the end. Uh, We really appreciate it. And hopefully you tune in for the next episode.
1: Thank you, everyone. And have a great day.